Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Every Tuesday in Oilers Now, Mark Spector joins us for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta. They have live racing Friday and Sunday evenings out at Century Mile. Again, uh, HRA. And Century Mile complying with AHS uh, regulations. No spectators at this time, but you can bet online at hpibet.com to watch and wager. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, uh, speaking of the River Cree, back up and at him with over 1,350 slot machines. Still no table games as per AHS. A-H-S. Remember, the main casino floor is now 100% smoke-free. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. We welcome back to the show, Mark Spector. Speck, how you doing? Pretty good. Bobby, how you doing, man? Good. How's that bike ride in there today? It was awesome. It's a beautiful day to be biking around the city of Edmonton, my friend. Uh, yeah, well, uh, did you, now, did you, as you pulled in, did you notice that the, uh, the old Baccarat Casino, uh, the shell of that had been taken down today? Oh no, I didn't know. So I didn't come from that direction. So yeah, I wonder what that means. So they've taken it down. Is there is? Uh, uh, well, there's obviously plans. There's there's plans for something at some point uh, to be going in there. Um, it will not be green space. I can tell you that. <laughs> like no logic dictates. I mean that's valuable property, right? Oh, so no doubt. at some stage uh, there will be some form of. Uh, development taking place. Uh, well, where do we start? Let's start with the news of the day. Uh, we know who the finalists are for the Hart Trophy. Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin, the exact same uh, three players that are up for the Lindsay Award. Um, from your perspective, how do you think your peers are going to vote on this, Mark? Oh, that's an excellent question. You know, history tells us that when you run away with the scoring race the way Dreisaitl did, I mean, there wasn't really certainly... You know, his own teammate was second, and he, you know, one was close. He's winning the Art Ross by a good margin. That player generally wins the Hart Trophy, Bob. Um, but, you know, the, when you look at Artemi Panarin's numbers in particular, uh, he's, you know, he put together on, a, on an inferior team. He put together some unbelievable numbers, and his his plus minus is excellent. I'd like to dig it a little deeper into who he's playing against, but uh, you know he's a he's a sexy pick too. Um, at the New York Rangers market, I want to I want to make sure everyone knows that as a PHWA guy that's that helped set up this voting over the last few years, there is no there's not going to be way more Eastern votes than Western votes. So. Uh, it's not like the, the Rangers have 50 press guys voting and Eminem only has five. It doesn't work that way. So there is no Eastern bias. 
But uh, sometimes the guys that play out east, certainly, and have a season like he's had, he'll challenge dry saddle, I'll tell you that. Uh, the only argument would be, where would they have been in the playoffs in a normal season? I mean, that's certainly, yep. right? They, they, were on the, they, they would not have. And it seems to me when Connor led the league in scoring yep. back in 27-18, uh, and, and I mean, I know I had this debate with a couple of me. There was a guy in Colorado that year, Mark. He's a great guy. Okay, I just want to establish that. Like, he's a good guy. He did not have McDavid in his top five picks or top five slots for the heart that year. And the Oilers played Colorado three or Colorado three times, and McDavid was first star in every game. So right. I don't know. He had eight mar- – like, Connor had eight points in the three games against Colorado that year. I don't know what that guy needed to see. But maybe it speaks to things. Maybe – do we not trust our own, like, and because and, you got a bit of, well, that's, we'll, we'll, we'll morph into a different conversation about Broberg and Bouchard out of this, yep. but how important is it for people to actually see the players play? I'm Because there's way less traveling media than ever before. You have guys, like, look at Edmonton as an example. Jim Matheson, Rob Tichkowski, and Derek Van Deest, all at different times travel during the course of the year. So they're not on every trip. So, and then we've discussed the difference between guys working games in the East and not watching uh, games in the West after because they're writing their post-game stories and that sort of thing, as opposed to guys out West that watch a lot of Eastern hockey before the games in the West start. Well, I mean, that's the biggest one for me. And and that's unavoidable. You know, when I talk about how we reshaped our voting with the PHWA to make sure that there's a, a commensurate amount of votes from across the country, there's just way more media in the eastern half of North America than west. It's just a fact, and you can't change that, Bob, right? There's more TV stations based there. There's more radio stations based there. There's more newspapers there. ESPN comes out of the east. You know, Toronto is in Toronto. New York's in New York. So there's a certain amount that you just can't fix by trying to make an even playing field. Um, and then the other thing is the one you point out is huge. Like the guy in New York, you know, when, when the Kings game starts at 10 o'clock or 10.30 at night, he just isn't going to see as many Kings games as he is going to see Islanders games or Leafs games, right? I get it. And the guy here in Edmonton, you and me are the same guy, Bob. I love it when I'm cooking dinner and it's 5 o'clock. And on comes the Eastern game. And I'm watching the Leafs or the Rangers or the Habs or Boston. So that is something that we'll never fix, right? We'll never fix the fact that the Eastern guy sees a little less of the West and the Western guy sees a little more of the East. That's never going to change. Mark Spector joining us for the horses and horse racing. Alberta Speck, you said something that just does not happen in the Stauffer household. You cook a dinner? Yes, me cooking dinner. That's that's why we have uh, DoorDash and skip the dishes when it's my night to cook, right? So, and I say that, Mark, I should I should do this right now. Kathy, happy anniversary. So, anyhow, hey, uh, somehow bluffed my way through 19 years. She is truly wow. a glutton for punishment. Uh, Sunny in <laughs> Vancouver says, "Hey, Bob, can you ask Spec if Panarin would have been voted if the Rangers had missed the regular playoffs?" So that's that's a fair question from Sonny. Like, you know, New York's sitting in the eleven twelve hole there. Do, do they uh, were they in the eleven twelve hole? I'm just trying to think. Now I'm going to have to take a look at what the standings were. But anyhow, they were on definitely on the outside looking in. He had an amazing year. He's a great player. But 
it you know that's that's a fair question Sonny asked you know it it changed the complexion of things in terms when did you guys actually end up doing the voting on the uh, awards we did the voting basically let me think about this now I think we did it right before the pause or right about at the pause you know that was our deadline to vote uh, no, I guess I'm thinking this through. We we would vote, clearly voted during the pause, after the thing. Yeah, you guys off. voted after the pause for yeah, sure. We, we voted after it happened. So generally speaking, we vote right at the end of the season, like around April, between April 1st and April 7th or whatever it is. So we did knock the voting off here during the pause. And you're right. Hey, that's another one. Like, it's nobody's fault. You know, the Rangers technically... Like, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They acted at the trade deadline like a team that didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. And then this thing happened, and now they're lining up to play in the qualifying round, and maybe they're going to make the playoffs. So it's a goofy year. You know, add that, Bob. Throw that on the pile with the other 500 things that are goofy because of this COVID year we're having. The voting for the Hart Trophy and all the trophies are going to be one of them. Well, it should be mentioned, the Rangers played 70 games. They had 79 points, 7th in the Metropolitan. That said, Edmonton played 71 games, only had four more points. So, yeah, so you know, there you go. They, I mean, that's how tight it was. Rangers had a plus 12 goal differential. Uh, the Oilers had plus 8. The one thing I would say is the Rangers' goaltending. I mean, Shostorkin's uh, numbers were unbelievable when he went. He came up. Like, and he's he appears to be the real deal. Panarin's, I mean, it's. I kind of felt bad for Pasternak. Like, I mean, I bet you he comes in fourth when they end up releasing, but we know who the final three is. What about McKinnon versus Dreisaitl? Can you make a stronger argument because McKinnon didn't have, uh, you know, different stretches this year, Landeskog and Rantanen were both out of the lineup. Was was what he did more impressive? Yeah, he, he really carried a beat-up Colorado team. You know, I think, I mean, hockey people and fans like – all of us Canadians, you know, you're telling me, like, if you ask me to say who the best three players in the league are right now, you know, I think, I don't know, McKinnon is right in the conversation. You know, for me, it goes McDavid, and now we're talking about Crosby, and we're talking about Dreisaitl, and we're talking about Panarin, but I'll tell you, McKinnon is probably in my top three. He is just a fabulous hockey player. Well, there's, there's no question he's in the top three. Yeah, he's in the top three. He's so good. And he, and you're right. He's been played on a – you know, here's a guy who took a short staff team right near the top of the central, and he was their best player. So, you know what? He could win the darn hard trophy for all. And it wouldn't be an inaccurate vote if he did, Bob. Well, it, you know, it's funny because yesterday John Shannon talked about the, the defense and said no Canadians in the top three, and I'm like – I want to see where Petrangelo ends up. I want to see where Doughty ends up in terms of, you know, you know, are they in the top six? Because the last time I checked, those guys were two-thirds of Canada's uh, defense corps that gave up three goals against at the Olympics yeah. in 2014. I think we're I can, okay temporarily. I but, think we're okay. I can tell you, Bob, voting on this thing every year for a long time now, Petrangelo is in my top six every season. Like, yeah. he gets on my Norris ballot every single year sometimes in the top three sometimes not but uh, if i go back and i haven't done this but if i went back i'll bet you there's no one that's got more top six votes than potential a lot of people have made a big issue about dry settled going minus 24 in december 
And uh, Leon and Connor were together for much of that time. And, uh, again, Mike Smith would be the first to tell you he wasn't very good uh, in that month. He had some tough games. The Oilers were leaking goals against... they kind of, I mean, the team the team got off to the great start, Mark, as you know, and then from basically the third week of October until the end of December, they were a 500 team. And then they brought up Yamamoto and uh, uh, Jones, and suddenly there was a little bit more jump, and I think they got a little bit healthier for a while. They obviously had a great January. Uh, plus, minus, should it, should it matter? I mean, Number, you know, number one power play in the league. Number two, PK Leon's on the three on five situations as the guy taking the draws out there. Um, how do you sort of weigh the plus minus as opposed to the work on the special teams? Well, I think it all it all counts. You know, like we used to say about Ovechkin, oh, he scores all of those power play. Well, they're still goals. <laughs> you know, they still count, right? But I'll say that, like, I, I, I mean, I think all that plus minus teach has taught us now, I don't like the, that stat when I look at dry cells plus minus, particularly compared to Panarin, you know, on a worse team. Um, but I think what plus minus has taught us, Bob, is you just have to dig in deeper. You know, you have to dig in and find out, okay, who did he play against? You know, he's, is he, you know, how many empty net goals was he out there for uh you know what were his matchups and you know sometimes a a guy like Panarin maybe if he's not good defensively he never plays against the good lines whereas Dreisaitl I know for a fact here in Edmonton when they need to draw one against the best line of the other team he's on the ice so you know I'm I've done that research too long ago like when we voted and I don't have it in my head anymore but Plus minus is just a, it's something that you look at, but all it does is ask you to look a little bit deeper in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, I, I can tell you right now, the other two guys, they're not on the ice in three on five situations. There it you shows, go. right? Like they just aren't. Yeah. Like it shows you, uh, you know, how important of a player uh, Leon is. All right. When we yeah. come back, uh, we're going to, Mark wrote a piece yesterday about Philip Roberg and, uh, you got a lot of feedback on Twitter from that, Mark. And is that what you it, call that, Bob? Feedback? Uh, yeah. Do you, now, do you consider that positive or negative interaction, Mark? How do you view that? <laughs> oh, a lot of guy, a lot of keyboard warriors out there. We got another day of NBA action, and with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus best that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. 
Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Yesterday, boy. Holy we'll hit on, yeah, we'll hit on that when we return on Oilers Now. <laughs> Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, Brendan Escott with you. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 48 in Edmonton, Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton owned and operated. It's open Wednesdays through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. It is a Tuesday. That means Spectre and Stoffer. Mark Spectre's appearance is brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta, contributing $312 million in economic impact annually. All right, Mark. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I, I put a tweet out Saturday because, and I don't often do this uh, during practice in terms of, but it was sort of a wow moment. Like when you watch a, a 19-year-old kid, uh, you know, fire a pass up the middle to Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl is going to uh, go off for a change. Leon drops it back to him. And uh, so Philip Roberg decides to activate going a one-on-four uh, beat the center and winger that try to angle him off, then dr- uh, drive Chris Russell uh, hard to the hole and then sift one past the uh, goaltender, and the whole both benches are like, whoa, right? It was one of those. At that point, I'm thinking, this guy's having a pretty good day, and then he scored another beauty. Um, he's been impressive. Right from day, like right from the start, Philip Broberg has caught everybody's eye. You wrote a piece yesterday, basically saying Broberg was ahead of Bouchard, who had a very good season last year uh, for the Bakersfield Condors. What sort of response did you get from your piece? <laughs> a lot of fans who are fans of Evan Bouchard thought that it was crazy to say that Broberg, after a week at camp, has passed him by on the Oilers' depth chart. Um, and you know what? That's I mean, I guess we should define depth chart. Are we, you know, uh, are we talking about going into this playoffs? Are we talking about the big list behind Ken Holland's desk in his office? But I'll tell you one thing: uh, right now at this camp for these playoffs, uh, Evan, uh, excuse me, uh, Philip Broberg is closer to being playing in an NHL game, uh, in my opinion then is Evan Bouchard. Uh, Evan Bouchard skated this morning. They put him in the B group with uh, Tyler Benson and uh, Marodi. Uh, and Broberg is getting time on the ice with Clefbaum. I'm not saying he's taking Larson's job. That's not what I'm saying. But he is in a position to be a player here uh, in these playoffs. If, if, you know, he's still deep. He's still the number eight or eight, let's say about the eighth guy. But in my opinion, he's past Bouchard. He's past Ligason. And, and, uh, you, and you, know, you know, you know his teammates know it. I mean, they, they're watching what's going on because what's the old saying, Spec? Who are always the first to know? Yeah, yeah, players know, right? You they said know. it. When, when, the, when they all hooted, hooted and hollered the other day when he made that play, they're watching and they know. And players, players know, like, you can't fool players. Uh, and they're very impressed with what this kid's doing. Mark, it's like... This might sound stupid to some of the listeners, but some defensemen aren't actually that fast in terms of when they skate forward. Like, they're so good skating backwards, and they've got great lateral movement and that sort of thing, but they're not always super explosive skating forward. This guy explodes. 
explodes on you, and it's the ranginess. And I had, uh, you know, I think Scott Wheeler from The Athletic compared Broberg a bit to John Klingberg. I don't see that because, to me, Klingberg is an elite offensive defenseman that can really walk the line. When I think of Broberg, I, I'm thinking more of a maybe an upgraded version of Noah Hannafin. Like, the, like Hannafin can really skate too. Hasn't totally reached the offensive potential that some people thought when he was a top five pick. Maybe there's a chance that can happen with Broberg. Give me your thoughts. Well, that's I, that's what we don't know. Like here, you, you know, defensemen, they've, young players never ascend in a straight line, right, Bob? You know, it's a it's a bit of a mountainy mountainous graph as a player gets better, takes a step back, gets better. So, what do we know about Broberg? Well, when we saw him at the Holinka three years ago, I guess it was or two years ago. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Um, yep. Yeah, he his stride just stood right out. I mean, of all the guys in that tournament, there's one guy I left that tournament going, "Holy man, can that?" I think he was number four for Sweden. Can number four ever skate? Oh. And you watch him out here. He just has a superior, superior stride. He is a, an NHL skater right now. So for a defenseman, defensemen that can skate are defensemen that are going to play a long time. And this kid can really skate. Uh, where will the offense go, Bob? You know, we saw him blitz around Russell uh, on that rush you talked about. Uh, you know, how's his shot going to be? I haven't really had a chance to see him unload much. You know, we know Bouchard's got an excellent shot from the right point. Um, we'll see all that stuff. The kid's 19, right? It's all, you think of Leon Drysaddle when he was 19 and how he looks today. So I don't know where he's going to go. I just know that what I see so far has NHL defensemen written all over it. Well, and he's, he's certainly, I put it this way, it's impacted how key people think based on the quotes i mean just i mean we ran dave tippett's stuff and he's like we could play him at left defense we could play him at right defense mark we we could put him at left wing we can put him at right wing we could put him it's like just the way he was talking you know like that's that's the head coach talking and and he's a guy that isn't overly uh, effusive in his praise at times for young players right but that's how good broberg has been um and and it's you know he's a transporter and Bouchard's a transitioner. And you know what? There's room for both long-term and a top four. And if the Oilers, you know, if these guys both, I'm not even saying they're both going to be top two. I'm just saying if you got two more, if if you have four legitimate top four defensemen, you can live with that. And the Oilers have got uh, Ethan Bear, who's looked very good, Mark. Uh, they got Clefbaum, and they got those, Clefbaum uh, and Nurse. Those guys are still signed long-term. So, yeah, these two guys in a mix here. I'm not including Larson because they're going to have to re-up him here after another year. But they've got the makings of a pretty good defense, Mark. They do. they got lots of guys who could skate and play. You know, I mean, Bear is, is – we love everything we see about him. He's today's defenseman. He can skate. He moves the puck. He can shoot the puck. Darnell Nurse gives you size and toughness, and he skates great. Uh, you know, he's, he's – again, he moves the puck and goes back and gets it, and he's intimidating as hell. Clefbaum is, you know, making his way as a top-pairing defenseman this league. How old is Oscar right now? Is he 26? Turned 27 yesterday. 27. Oh, he did. Okay. So there you go. You know, he's just in his prime now. Uh, you know, Caleb Jones is a nice-looking defenseman. Let's see what he's got. He just keeps going north. And now you bring in two kids like this, like Broberg and Bouchard. You know, there's a lot of – I don't see a defense, Bob, with one – big horse like Petrangelo is in St. Louis, like Dowdy is in L.A., right? Like Duncan Keith was in Chicago. But I do see a defense with three pairs that, you know, you can move around a lot and even out the ice time. 
and you got three, you got six real nice looking defensemen going forward here. Yeah, and it's interesting. People say, well, we got to get one of those right shot guys, Bear or Bouchard, on the power play, but. The power play was first in the league by a considerable amount with Clefbaum on the point. And one yep. of the things that one of the things is Clefbaum doesn't have the expectation of it running through him. Right? It's run through McDavid, Drysdale, and Nugent Hopkins. Yep. That's who really runs the power play. So, you know, there's no need to fast track the right shot D. Like Bear's gonna get some second unit time over time. Nurse gets second unit time and Bouchard's obviously gotta work his way up and make it. It's you know what, Mark? They got those high end guys at center, the three options that they have, and now they've got a, a sort of a grouping of defense coming to sort of support the group that's already here. That's it's not a bad situation to be in. No, it's not a bad team and I mean I get it. You know, it's, a, it's an unconventional power play because it's all lefties, but why are we trying to fix the best power play? You know, the second best power play in the history of hockey, right? I believe it was, was it not the Islanders that had a better power play back well, in combined, the... Well, combined, in 77-78, the Islanders combined power play and PK and, is and the PK. only one that's been higher than Edmonton's in the right. last so, in the history I mean, of the it's, game. It's historically one of the best power plays that's ever been on the ice anywhere, so... I would caution anyone who's trying to fix it. And listen, I get it. Like a guy like Ethan Bears, he gets older and gets more mature. He's, you know, he expects to be a power play guy, and he should. But you know that, and maybe that's going to be a problem one day in Edmonton. It's not a problem yet. But I'll tell you, I, if ever there was a, we're talking about fixing something that's not broke. Uh, that's what you're doing when you start tooling around with that Oilers power play right now. Jack Michaels just passing along a note here saying only power play higher, I believe, was in 79 at the Islanders. So, Mark, I, you, you were mm-hmm. right. I, the combined of the, the special teams units was in the 77-78 year. Can you stay with us through the next half hour? we got to talk a bit about the Edmonton Football Club, Mark. they got an announcement coming up at 1-15. Uh, yeah, sounds good, Bobby. All right, that's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update with evan cook and uh, then we'll come back here in oilers now oilers now with bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6 30 chad